Howdy. This is Written by the Rest, the podcast that makes you ask the big questions like, am I a good person for giving a fledgling podcast my precious, precious time? And the answer is yes, you are. You're awesome. Thank you. I'm here as always with my co-host and friend and guest and confidant, Sam Nicholson. Sam, you know about stuff. I do. Um, What do you know about the British Indian overseas territories other than the fact that it's a bit of a mouthful? Um, It's a bit of a mouthful? I, I, I don't know a lot. I'm guessing we probably haven't been overly kind to them over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because we weren't kind to anybody, were we? For well, ever really. No, that's pretty much colonialism for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to cover off the Chagos Islands today. Wonderful. Um, just as a quick heads up to any listeners, um, we are both drinking because this is a Saturday when we're recording this. We're not drunk. We're we're definitely. So we're we're tipsy. Uh, borderline tipsy. Yeah. But no, we, we've still got our faculty together. Don't mm. don't drink in podcast kids. So. <laughs> Let's, let's move on. So, the Chagos Archipelago is a big group of islands uh, and atolls about 500 miles away from the Maldives, um, pretty much slap bang in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Um, sounds nice, right? Mm. Yeah. Tropical. Well, you're wrong, Sam. Oh, okay. Why don't you get this format yet? <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't sound nice, you idiot. It's like QI. Yeah, right. <laughs> we need an alert. Um, I mean, if this was all cuddly and fuzzy, this would be called Written by the Colonialists. So <laughs> here we are, the cold hard, tr- hard truth bitches. Maybe that could be our sister podcast. Yeah, where I just lie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> did you know, Sam, that we, uh, the British... The royal, not, the not, royal we, hopefully. The royal we, yeah. not us not personally, yeah. um, removed a native population off, uh, off of an island uh, about 50 years ago because we're good friends with the Americans and they wanted to use some of our stuff. But they didn't want other people using it at the same time, and that's pretty much what happened to the Chagosian people. Yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. I think we've done it a few times, haven't we? Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. This one's very recent, though, and mm. I'm going to touch it, on this. Was it 70s. 70s. Or 60s. Yeah, yeah. 60s and 70s. Because um, I, I might be thinking of a different country, but I'm cert- Well, I'm fairly sure. In, in, in London, there's a, effectively a national football team of the Chagos Islands. Yeah. And although they aren't recognised by FIFA or independently, they do play tournaments against other unrecognised nations, and it's quite it's quite huh. nice. I did not know that. Mm. That's very interesting. Well, uh, yeah, that that's cool. I, I like to yeah. I like to learn yeah. these new things. I haven't got that little, in the script. Little segue. Today, there you go. A little segue. So let's start how most stories do uh, at the beginning. We'll, we'll do this a lot, by the way. If you're new, we start at the beginning and then get to the end. Tends to be how stories work. It is, yes. Unless you want to be smart and do that thing where it's like three weeks earlier. Yeah, flashbacks. Or three weeks forward. You know, we, we should we, do flash. We should do flashbacks. Yeah, we're, no, we're not doing that. No, okay. um, <laughs> so the Chagos Islands were originally uninhabited, so not a lot of information to fill in there. Um, it's likely that the atolls and the low reefs were used by traders and fishermen um, many, many hundreds of years ago, but from the looks of it, nothing of interest really happened until Europeans turned up in the 16th century, which is basically always the case, right? You know, no beer, no TV. It's a very white-centric view of the, the world, isn't it? Yeah, and we're having that one today. Something probably did happen before we got there. We just don't know about it. Yeah. I don't think they exactly left much behind. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... In the 16th century, if you hadn't guessed it already, it was discovered by Europeans. And it was the Portuguese. No surprise there. Portuguese pretty much discovered lots of stuff around mm-hmm. this sort of time. And they discovered the islands around 1555. 
And it was this point in the island, islands start to take on about 400 different types of names, which I'm not going to go into the detail of because honestly, it was like can half you, a page in a book. Can you do three? No. Oh. They they basically Two? named no. I, don't, I didn't remember them. Just the one. This isn't in just, the script. Just Chagos. Just Chagos. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the colonial name for it. That's yes, that, that's yeah. pretty much it. Well, the, the Portuguese name for it. Or Spanish. That's Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, different languages. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into all of that. Anyway, the Portuguese were busy doing slavery in Brazil at the time, so yeah. it remained <clears> uninhabited. <throat> Interesting. Do you know how many Portuguese... Uh, sorry, how many Brazilians that the Portuguese actually enslaved? <laughs> I, I wouldn't like to put a number on it, no. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty certain it was in the Brazilians. <laughs> because I've had a couple of beers, that was much funnier. Yeah, I know, that's why I said it. Mm. So instead, the French claimed it in 1665, and by the 1770s, they were dishing out permits to let businesses establish coconut plantations, or copra, which is okay. basically just coconut oil. And they were actually, that was another name for them, they were known as the Oil Islands at one point, because they produced lots of coconut oil. Interesting. Now, obviously at this sort of time, in a faraway tropical land, who are you going to call if you need lots of back-breaking labour to be done? It's not white people, is it? it no, it's slaves. That's right. Bang on. It wasn't Brazilians. So, the French brought in slaves. It's you know, it's a little colonial hack. You know, you got you got some hard labour being mm -hmm. being done. And yeah. you know, up to two hundred years money, ago, you? you got to make money somehow. Yeah. Um, got to exploit yeah. people. Got to exploit people for free, mm -hmm. or at a very low cost. I don't know how, what the slave trade was like back then, but yeah, yeah, they they brought on uh, slaves essentially to work these these islands, and yeah. Mm. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty shit. Anywho, um, the first slave colony was founded about the end of the 18th century, so it was 1793 to be exact. Um, it was mostly West Africans, um, but we see a mix of other peoples being thrown in. I think there's mention of Mauritius and the Seychelles. I can't pronounce Seychelles. Seychelles by the Seychelles. There you go. But yeah, they, they, they brought in slaves from all over, but it was mostly West Africans at the time. Now, just to put this in context... We, at this point, we'll have had over 200 years of the islands being populated. So, really? wow. uh, you know, if that it was went, to up, up to the modern day, it would have been 200 yeah, years. Yeah. So I just want to establish this, make a point, because I'm going to return to this later in the episode. So they were actually slaves until about 1840, when, as you know, most people were made free or most slaves were made free. Pretty much everyone descended from the original slaves. During all this, the British took the islands. As we do. Yeah, go Britain. We, we won it, kicking the shit out of Napoleon. Obviously. Um, and was given the island as a part of the 1814 Treaty of Paris. The <laughs> Sorry, I just... I love the thought of <clears throat> the, the surrender and then we're going, we want more. And they just go, Chagos? Do, do you like coconut? What's coconut? I fucking love it. Love it. Bring it up. Yeah. Are you, how many <laughs> islands you got? What? Yeah. Bring, bring, yeah, bring, on, it, bring yeah. on the oil. Yeah. So, so we got loads of stuff. You know, I one of them was probably the steak bake as well that we got from the French. Yeah? Yeah, probably. Well, so sausage roll? But we also got Mauritius in the <clears> deal. <throat> Maybe the sausage roll. We didn't get the croissant. They got to keep that. Oh, shit. I know. So getting up to the modern day, or in this case, 1965. So 1965, that's how far away this was. This it's, was quite, only, it's quite modern. This was our parents' lifetime. Yeah. Just. just. Yeah, 1965, though, we, we now have an established free population on the island. They've been there for, like I say, about 200 years now. How long have they been free for, roughly? So, since about 1840, so probably 120-odd years. So they've not had a particularly fair shake of it, have they, really? 
No. I mean, let's let's face it. These these people would have been more than free to do whatever they wanted. But also, you've got to consider that they've been years. indoctrinated to yeah. do one thing. That's all they're good at. They uh, farm coconuts. Farm coconut. I mean, you're not going to get that kind of work in Slough. You know, there there isn't many coconut trees popping up in Slough. In Very few. Talkie maybe. Talkie. <laughs> but not Slough. One. Perth. Perth. In Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. So yeah, uh, so they've been they've, they've been free for about two hundred years. They don't really have any discernible skills. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diminish the Chagosian people. Don't diminish coconut farming. There's also, lots of diminish skills. coconut farming. Yeah. I, when I was in Barbados, I saw a guy climb a tree with nothing but but a machete and chop coconuts down. It was extremely skilled. Okay. Admittedly, it's a very finite set of skills. It's a niche set of skills. But it is it is a skill. No, they had like carpenters and stuff and yeah. people who could do like handy trades. I'm mm. not I'm not again, I'm not diminishing that, but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have people who are like accountants. No, is there, what isn't, I'm saying. there isn't an IT support department no, in Chagos. No, no, especially not in six, 1965. <laughs> so yeah, there were literally generations of people who were born, lived and worked on this island. They died on this island, and everyone kind of pulled together to, to do their job. Even people who were what you would consider as retired still did like duties. Mm. Everyone had to do something. Children were educated, I think, up to about the age of 12 or 14, and then they basically went straight to work. They they didn't have a standard education either at the time. Which, to be fair, wasn't too wasn't too dissimilar to, to the UK in, in that time, really. Mm. Or, or anywhere. No, I suppose not. I suppose a lot of people you, you, finished. You became a teenager. In, I mean, my, my mum, even in the 70s, got to 15 and left school yeah. and went to work. Well, maybe there isn't that much of a, yeah. a jump then. I, I definitely knew it was, it was early early teens, late twins. Mm. Yeah, essentially the, the, the Chagos Islands were a quite a, a, a not kind of isolated, I suppose, yeah. in what they did. Yeah. Um, they had very unique skill sets that were very unique to those particular people in that particular area, mm-hmm. which is reasonable. Now... To avoid some confusion, mostly for me other than anyone else, Mauritius gained independence from the British in March 1968. But before that, in 1965, ahead of this independence, the British formed the British Indian Ocean Territory and essentially split the Chagos Archipelago from Mauritius. Everyone's still in the room? Yeah. So they, they, they basically went, right, Mauritius, you can go do your own thing. However, we're just we're just going to take this stuff. No particular reason. This is just going to be ours, though. So they, now. so they were like, you can have independence, but that bit's still ours. Yeah, pretty much. Effectively. Like, we're, st- we're keeping yeah. this stuff. You've got no use for it. It's just coconuts. Um, they paid Mauritius for this. They paid Mauritius about £3 million. Pounds, um, and the companies that operated them, they bought those as well for a further £600,000, £650,000 at the time. Quite a lot um, of cash. Not a, yeah, not a bad deal for 60-odd years ago. So the big question here is, why on earth is Britain showing so much interest in a bunch of islands, which, in the nicest way possible, are pretty useless? There's not a lot of land. You can't farm it. You have got the, the copra and the oil, but, I mean, come on. You... I mean, we, we have farmed, don't we? Um, yeah. Islands. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we just wanted holiday destinations, to be honest. You reckon? Like, you think they were going to set a button up there? Why did we keep there? Barbados for so long? Like, what True. was the strategic point of that? Ah, true. I just give people their fucking freedom. Just give them the land. Just let them exactly. let them be. Let them do what they want. Stop making them. Stop making them a part of a commonwealth. Then, yeah. Stop making the commonwealth trying to happen. Exactly. It's and not going to happen. Stop kicking off when they say we want our freedom. Yeah. Or reparations. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, British. Sorry. Well, without teaching most of you uh, who are listening to suck eggs, the sixties was you know pretty much the height of the Cold War. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened in 1962. US joined the Vietnam War in 1965, and there was a huge build-up of nuclear weapons on 
pretty much every side. That's pretty much a 15 second sum up for you. You know, America good, Russia bad. Mm -hmm. So, the islands were seen as a strategic outpost, a place where ships could be refuelled, an airstrip could be built to accommodate aircraft, a great location to deal with Russia if the Cold War had ever turned hot, and to torture people where nobody could see it. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'll explain that last bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, not, not, not a shock. No. So, the US approached Britain and said, hey, look, you know, we want to put an airfield up somewhere in the middle of the ocean. Can you help me out? <laughs> and we were like, well... Have I, hang on a minute. Have I got a, have I got a deal for you? Guess what we've just bought. We got this lovely little island full of coconut trees. <laughs> Anyone on it? Nope. Not anymore. <laughs> no. Nope. No. Not anymore. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of the deals. Brit Britain came along and said, "Yeah, we've got these set of islands." America went cracking. Let's. I mean, they probably didn't say cracking. They went brilliant. Damn good. Thank you. <laughs> um, they went. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll take it. However, you know, we want to make sure no one's on the island. We want it uninhabited for obvious reasons. And they were the, the British just agreed to that. They went, yeah, 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 there's no one on it. So in, in return for this, Britain gets a hefty discount on something called the American Polaris Submarine Program, which I have no doubt is something to do with nuclear weapons, and I imagine submarines. But we have a problem here. The main island that, that they wanted to use was one called Diego Garcia. There's loads and loads of islands, but Diego Garcia is, is the main one here that we're that, talking that about. That sounds like a Spanish Broadway star. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Starring Diego Garcia. Yeah, like yeah it, it does, doesn't it? Which at the time has a population of about 1,800 to 2,000. I'll be perfectly honest, it's been hard to verify exact numbers because the British like to confirm there was less and the actual Chagosians like to confirm that there was more. Yeah. I'm it's a lot of, of people, aren't there? There's a lot of people. Yeah. There, was, there, was, there was a few thousand. Yeah. Um, native, native people, Sam, who lived on this island. Literally born there. Born there, bred there, died there. Native people. Yeah. Keep hitting this on home because the Britain British have a very different attitude towards this. Now, to, to <clears throat> I'm going to say right now for the record, you might okay. want to cut this from the podcast. Okay. But <clears throat> how is somebody considered native? Because obviously nobody was native to to the Chagos Islands. Mm -hmm. So this it's more of a theoretical question. How long does it take for somebody to become native to a place? Is it because you're born there, or is it because You've got lineage there. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, a, this is a discussion that actually happens in the course, and again, I'll, I'll touch mm. on a little bit later, but from my point of view, if that country is all you've known, if that country is all your parents have known, that yeah. country is all your grandparents have known, then and great-grandparents, I country, would consider yeah. you a native person to that, yeah. that area, that island, that country. I, it's, an in, it's just me. an interesting point, isn't it? Well, it, it, Americans have a very interesting setup where if I was born in New York City, mm. spent 15 minutes there before getting on a plane to the UK, I would have US citizenship. Simple yeah. as that. I would be a US yeah. citizen as far yeah. as I'm concerned. It, they're concerned. A bit different, but my wife was born in Sussex, yeah. so she is from Sussex. Technically, yeah, arguably, yeah, yeah. It, it's a yeah, it's a strange paradox, isn't it? Yeah, it's it. There's definitions that need to be considered here. Yeah. So, so let's let's jump ahead a little bit. Mm. We're getting to 1966. The British bought up all the copra, um, as I mentioned earlier. That's dried coconut oil extract plantations, and they closed them. So they they pretty much went to the the, the native people and said, "Look, you know, we're done. You, you, you've got no more work." And this is this is really the beginning of the forced deportation. No work means they need to go somewhere else, right? They mm -hmm. they can't earn money. They they got paid a wage, obviously, but if they can't earn that wage anymore, they can't buy things. They can't leave the island. They're kind of isolated, so that that's their only choice. Obviously, they were offered to be removed from the island for free. Mm. They had boats that they ran. 
Well, no, oddly enough, um, people who spent pretty much their entire lives somewhere and don't want to leave so readily, they decided to stay. And over the following five years, they continue to ramp up the ways in which they get the people off the island sooner rather than later. As you can imagine, the Americans are getting pretty antsy to get started on what they're building. They want their airbase, don't they? They want their airbase. They do actually start delivering kind of supplies and American equipment to the island before even all the Chagosians have left. They don't mess around. They don't fully start building things until later. Yeah. So one thing they began to do was... was uh, I'd say compared to a few of the things I'm going to touch on here, this is quite soft. If you left the island to go to, say, Mauritius or the Seychelles, hey, I got it right. There'd be plenty of reasons. You, you might be having a baby and they didn't have the medical supplies or the kind of infrastructure for you to have a child on the island. You know what? I didn't realise the Seychelles were so built up to be more appropriate than the Chagos Islands, to be honest. They're, well, they're bigger and they'll, they'll have oh, hospitals. I know, I know they're bigger, yeah. but I mean, I, I think of the Seychelles as more of a... A sort of nature reserve these days? Um, no, they uh, definitely maybe, have like maybe it was towns different, and yeah, yeah. cities yeah, and stuff. Yeah, maybe it's just my interpretation of it. But essentially, yeah, they, they had hospitals, yeah. which was a step up from what Chagos sure, has. I'm sure Mauritius certainly did. Yeah, yeah, Mauritius did as yeah. well. A lot of people would go to one <laughs> or the other. It, it, it yeah. depended on lots of things. But yeah, so especially if you had a medical emergency mm. as well. So, you know, if you had you needed an operation, you needed an appendix removing, you couldn't do that on the island, you had to go out. Mm-hmm. So anything like that happened... They would obviously get a ticket, go to the island, do what they needed to do, come back. Now, what was happening in the early days was you would have your baby, go back to the ticket office. Hey there, Mr. or Mrs. Ticket person, are ready to go back to the island? They'd go, no, it's a one-way ticket you've bought. They haven't bought a one-way ticket. They just aren't being allowed to come back to the island. Yeah. So you think about it. The father's back on the island working away, or in fact, probably not working away at this moment, frightened of their wife wife and child. Yeah, not allowed back. Yeah. They're, they're, they're stranded now in the in Mauritius or in the Seychelles. So the same thing happened for, for slightly less urgent affairs. So again, if the Chegosians wanted to go on holiday, they wanted to visit family, or like hell, they wanted to buy a new shirt, yeah. you would go abroad, You would go to Mauritius or you go to the Seychelles and the same thing would happen. You'd go back, you'd try and catch your boat back home. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, you your ticket is not valid anymore. And this was all the surprise. None of this, they weren't warned about this. It was just, you would literally, it's like you going to, you know, South Africa for a holiday, going to your return ticket and saying, sorry, this is your home now. Mm. You live in South Africa. <laughs> all right. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Could be worse. Uh, it does get worse. By the time we get to the late 60s, Britain is really starting to strangle the island. They begin stopping all imports of food and medical supplies, and they're also restricting them accessing their own food. So... The, the, the island had ways in which you could buy rice and you could buy basic medical supplies. You could buy certain things that you need for everyday life. But when they stopped supplying these stores, the Chagosians could still hunt. So they could go fishing. They could find yeah. anything that was native. They could eat probably, coconuts, probably obviously. Quite a fertile area. Yeah, like they had stuff that they could do. But the, the British administration stopped them doing that as well. They, they would make up excuses like these waters are now restricted. You can't use these farm. You can't use these coconut trees because they're ours. Like they were doing anything to essentially starve people out of the island. Wow. Oh, it gets worse, by the all, way. All, all because we promised America they could have an airbase on this island. Yes. Okay. Keep that in mind as I go into my next point. Yeah. A chap called Sir Bruce Greatbatch. Um, he was a person who oversaw the island. He he was, uh, I think he was a governor. He oversaw Mauritius. He was a governor who was put in charge of getting people off this island, mm. basically. He's a real piece of shit, and that's why I wanted to mention him, because there isn't actually much information on old Brucey boy. So, he, yeah, he was a real piece of shit, and he was r- responsible for, and I quote, 
sanitizing the island. And he came up with a final solution level idea oh. to force the islanders out. Don't say final solution. Oh, it no, trust me, I'm I'm not too out of line with using this term. <laughs> a little bit maybe. So brace yourself. Just worth noting, nobody ever uses the word sanitize in a good way when it comes to human beings. It's worth using is when you've had a night on a lash and you're talking about your toilet. Or if you were walking to Sainsbury's 18 months ago. Yes, or that. That's reasonable. COVID. As a final push in the wrong direction, hold on to your hat, using exhaust fumes from American vehicles that had arrived on the island, they gathered all the dogs, cats and pets and gassed them to death in front of their owners. This is adults, children. They'd gathered all the animals and killed them in front of their owners. Yeah. They, wow. They, they, brought, they brought the children who own dogs and they gassed them to death. Why? Because Sir Bruce Greatbatch is clearly a piece of shit. Now, I, I think I should add for a legal reason here. The British have always declined all responsibility for this. Well, I'm sure we have, but it still probably fucking happened. Oh, definitely. I'm almost certain it happened. <clears throat> it's what, it's what, awful. What, what Why would they the, lie? What, what is the best possible outcome? What is it? You killed my dog? Yeah, let's go. It, what annoys me most about this whole situation, killing animals aside, or kids' pets aside, Isn't... is that the Chagosians always made a point of wanting to work with this situation. Mm. The Chagosians always said... We will work for you. We'll clean your toilets. We will pretend your gardens. We'll be housekeepers. We'll do anything to stay here. It's not like they said, oh, right, okay, well, we haven't got a job now. We'll just sit around and do nothing. They wanted to work for their keep. They wanted to stay where they wanted to stay and just live their lives. It's, it's and the they wouldn't allow them to do it. It's the fact they're even in that situation first place that is even more difficult to stomach because they they shouldn't have been made to feel that way. Well, a lot of this all happened under their nose. They were having inspectors coming through. But no, that, that's what I mean. It, it, the fact they're on this island is is one thing. It, it, it's not their fault. They were, they were put there by people. Yeah. And they were saved. Spent, yeah, and they spent a couple of generations there making a life for themselves, doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And the fact that the land has then been sold under them and they've been mm -hmm. forced to move again just makes it even worse. And this happened 60 years ago. It's... it's fucking terrible my mother was alive your mother was probably yeah. alive when this happened this isn't something that was you know it's recent, 500 it's years really ago recent history yeah it's it's un it's unforgivable it's sickening eventually the island was cleared um, entirely of the natives by about 1973 and i'd love to end the story there and say that they got relocated in mauritius and the shay ah, i can't say it again Seychelles. Um, and they all lived happily ever after. But this podcast is pretty fucking bleak, so we, we carry on. The majority of the Chagos people were either relocators, as I mentioned, to either Mauritius or the Seychelles. Depending on where you were, you either ended up on the streets or, in some cases, at the beginning, they were put in prison cells. Now, they weren't under arrest, they didn't lose their freedom, but that's the only place they could put the people that had come to the island. They didn't have anywhere to put them. They didn't have spare housing... Um, they did have some some housing that was for fishermen, but that was only temporary. But the rest were yeah, we were moved to prisons. Was that in Mauritius? Yep, Mar Mauritius is what I'm focused on mostly because that's where a lot of the people ended up going. So, despite um, Mauritius happily taking money in the first place, they were never fully on board with this from the beginning anyway. And unfortunately, the Chagos people were slap bang in the middle of taking the outcomes of these poor decisions on both sides. 
They didn't have jobs to go to. They didn't have homes to move into. And the later arrivals were pretty much forced onto a boat with one suitcase. The journey to Mauritius was no better either. Hundreds were cramped onto ships designed to carry only dozens. A bit of a timely reminder, as we were discussing earlier, of how their ancestors potentially got to the island in the first place. The irony isn't lost on how they left it 200 years later. It's disgusting. Again, none of it's fully verified. This is what I got from reading some some of the accounts from the Chagosian people, is that people died on the journey. Mm. This wasn't a... a this wasn't, like I say, an old wooden ship from 300 years ago. This was a this was a perfectly serviceable boat that was used to transport goods to the island, yeah. people to the island. Many families, um, talking mostly about the Mauritius, were moved to the outskirts of the city, where they would build shanty towns and survive picking up whatever low menial paid work that they could find. Eventually, though, some of the Chagosian women were turning to prostitution just to make ends meet. Now, the Chagos people typically had low-skilled jobs, and they certainly didn't have qualifications to back them up if they did. So I mentioned, like I said, there, there, there were probably plenty of people who could do carpentry, could do mm. joinery, could do all these kind of skill work. But because racist being racist as well, they weren't welcomed into the society in the first place. Yeah, and it, it wasn't a formally recognised qualification, was it? It was just... No. They, they were just good at doing yeah, that thing. they had been doing this thing for a long time. And there were there were already people in Mauritius who could do these jobs, so they would hire people from Mauritius. They wouldn't hire, in the nicest way possible, people who've just come out of nowhere and started taking up room in the nicest way possible. That, that's kind of yeah. how they saw it. Yeah. Kids weren't attending school, so they weren't educated enough to really seek help or gain any understanding of how to get out of this situation. So it's a vicious circle. So no considerations were taken here. They were beyond abandoned by the British and swept under the rug, and the Mauritian government was there to sort it out, and they weren't really invested in wanting to do it, despite being paid money. Mm. Speaking of money, the Chagosian people were compensated, and they were given compensation, but it was meagre to say the least. There was a sum given to Mauritius to, to dish out, as it were, and distribute to the, to the Chagosian people of a sum of about £650,000. But they never did. They ended up holding on to these funds, interest-free, I might stress, between 1972 until 1977. And when they eventually did get it five years later, only 200 of the workers were eligible due to being, and I'm quoting here, temporary workers. Wow. Temporary being 200 years. So they do go on to get further compensation. They get another round in 1982, which works out to around £1,000 per adult and less, to, less than £30 per child. And again, it happens, I think, a few years later, but it works out at about £180 per person. Due to the economic position the Chagosian people were left in, crime levels rose and they would end up getting a bad reputation to boot. Along with racial profiling, it's a classic catch-22. This is basically what happened to black people in America mm. in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> well, well I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of similar to the Windrush generation, isn't it? Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Please expand. Well, just in, in terms of poor treatment, bad compensation. Um, yeah, they were taken advantage of, and when they weren't needed anymore, they were, they were thrown aside. Elsewhere. Or sent home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Windrush, they tried L- to send their people sent, home. Literally sent home, I guess, but um, but it wasn't their home, was it? No. It's a similar thing, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty disgusting. Like I say, the, the, the racial profiling came from the fact that they because they had no opportunity and no jobs and no chance to improve themselves and prove their lot, mm. they had to turn to crime. What else are you going to do? If you, it's, the, it's the classic stealing bread to feed your starving family. That's yeah. the situation it, they were in. It's the racism paradox, isn't it? Yeah. So as the years went on, there were several legal challenges on the ownership of the island. Britain's excuse was pretty much, yeah, but you were temporary workers though, weren't you? 
and it was pushed back on each and every uh, opportunity. Britain eventually gave Chagosian people British citizenship under the British Overseas Territory Act of 2002. So some of the islanders actually did decide to move to England. I mean, what are they going to lose? Hmm. They, they're not exactly doing well in Mauritius. They've been given a... Uh, I'd like to say a golden ticket. They're given a ticket to, to have a chance, a second chance at starting a life in Britain. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd take it, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. yeah. And now, there's more to this story... But interestingly, most of the Chagosian islands ended up in Crawley. So they landed in the UK, and there are a lot of other things that happened, but they ended up in Crawley. Now, for the Americans and non-Brits that are listening here, Crawley is about an hour's south of London. And of all the crimes that Britain have done in this episode, this is probably one of the worst that they could have done. Because moving from a tropical island and then moving them to Crawley is mm. unforgivable. I've just re- yeah. This is the football thing I was talking about as well. I've just realised. Yes, yeah. are they based um, in Crawley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of lot of people settled in Crawley. Yeah, I was getting confused. I mean, at least it isn't Slough. True. Yeah, it could have been worse. In two thousand and nine, Britain tried to make the British Indian Overseas Territories a marine preserve, which sounds lovely, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound nice? It sounds like a place for fish and whales and sharks and. Not people. Not people. Yeah, you're right. No. They were doing everything they could to protect turtles and birds, it seems, but they it was really just a crappy smokescreen. Yeah. They'd have to stay uninhabited on basically a permanent resident basis. Yeah. So Otherwise it can't be a preserve, surely. Correct. And um, Interestingly enough, this came out of a WikiLeaks document. Do you remember WikiLeaks? Julian Assange. What right. A what a what a blast from the past! What a stand-up guy. Well, this came out of WikiLeaks. Wow. There you go. I, I really should look at them at some point. Isn't he still in Russia? Is it Russia now? Yeah, he's, he's a Russian citizen now. Wow. Yeah. Like Steven Seagal, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a he's a Russian friend citizen. of Putin now, isn't Steve, he? Steven Seagal, we need to do an episode. I think I've mentioned that we a few do, times yeah. now. We definitely need to do an episode. Outside of the British legal system, though, they pretty much lost all of the appeals in court. So anything that's gone out of a British court. So I think at one point it actually went to the World Court. It went to the World Court in 2019 and they lost. Sorry, it was told that what they did was unlawful and Britain just went, la 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 I'm not listening. The World Court sounds made up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It sounds like something that's in a, a Steven Seagal film. It does, yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. This is still something that's ongoing, obviously. The Chagosian people are still fighting every day for their home, well, their island. Yeah, and for reparation at the very least. And this this is still an ongoing thing. Like This is still mentioned in the media. In fact, as the, at the time I wrote this, I, I didn't write this today, I wrote this about a week or so ago, there was an article where a, uh, the, the kind of negotiations were being opened up with um, Jane, James uh, Cleverly, who is the Secretary of State of Foreign Commonwealth and Development Affairs for the United Kingdom, said, and I'm paraphrasing just a little bit here, they have no intention of returning the islands to their people. So, so to, par- to paraphrase further, he said, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. So over half a century later, these temp workers are really playing the long game, I think it's safe to say as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's an interesting discussion point there, isn't there? When does temporary become permanent? Again, I think... How when long great, does it take? When your great-grandparents were brought over in a boat against their will, I think that island becomes yours. Well, apparently not. Shoot me. Apparently not. <laughs> but yeah... <laughs> ultimately all britain has to do is wait out the chagosians to essentially die out like the last generation of the chagosian people who actually lived on the island are probably what in their uh, maybe 70s 80s now if yeah. not older yeah because uh, after all it, the newer generations have never set foot in their home there were some efforts to get people or allow some of the people to visit the island one mm-hmm. last time as it were they were kind of given like a day pass 
Um, but they made a point very clear that if you ever try and go back on the island again, you know, you're not allowed there, etc, etc. So originally the agreement between the US and Britain was for the island to be leased. So they, were le they weren't given the island, they were leased the island until 2016. Unfortunately though, an extension for the base was made in 2016, adding an additional 30 odd years to the lease letting Americans build Guantanamo Bay version 2.0. Apparently this is used as a black site for the CIA for torture interrogation, but you didn't hear that from me, Sam. Was that Julian Assange again? Pro pro <laughs> no I've got nothing in here about it, but who knows. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're going to finish up. Any any final thoughts, Sam? I mean, it's just one more chapter to a, a terrible book of British history, isn't it? Yeah. It the, the, the most disgusting thing for me about this, and don't get me wrong, no matter what time this would have happened in our history, mm. this would have been bad. But the fact that this happened in our parents' lifetimes, this happened yeah. 60 years ago. It's terrible and it's really recent. Really recent. And like, we've, we've definitely done worse as a nation oh, over the years, yeah. but I'm not sure we've done worse as recently. We have. I don't think we've gassed um, kids' pets to death. It's been a while, recently. hasn't it? It's been a while. It's probably been 60 or 70 yeah. years. But yeah, it, it's... There's, there's a lot also it's worth noting there's a lot more to read about this I, we've only scratched the surface yeah. if you want to learn more there are a bunch of resources out there I referenced a graphic novel actually of all things I always tend to buy a book I, I referenced a graphic novel the, the Chagos Betrayal How the British Robbed an Island and Made Its People Disappear it's by a, a lady called Florraine Grosset um, like I say it's a graphic novel it's heart wrenching it's fantastic it's 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 beautifully um, put together and I'd advise anyone to read it I've included a link at the bottom if you want to buy your own copy. Is she Chagossian? Just that I don't think she is. I think she's Mar from Mauritius okay. originally, okay. but she she's worked with the Chagoss people yeah, sure. um, quite a lot. So yeah, next episode. What, what are you thinking? Um, could we do an exploration of the history of the Easter Bunny? Or, or Santa Claus? No. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking a biography of Henry Ford and how he helped inspire literal Nazis. <laughs> Why but maybe maybe the one after? Yeah, something yeah. a bit more, a bit happier. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, that's that's not what this this no. is about. Okay. The, I mean, when you have to mention inspiring Nazis, that that's going to be a good episode. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 no better than gassing pets, is it? No, to be we don't talk about gassing pets in that episode. We don't talk about gassing. Full stop. I mean, no, we could, we, we're, but we're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Pluggables. Pluggables. Um, Plug away. Check out my YouTube channel at Sammy Shares TV. We're talking about TV, obviously, movies, and uh, and science recently as well. Mm, yes, I um, saw. Particularly prehistory, or human prehistory. I believe that's history before humans arrived, is that correct? I'm, I'm no that, expert. Well, to be fair, that is, that is the, um, the general term, but obviously mm. there were hominids around at the time. It's what you consider modern human, which is the... Or people who shop at Iceland. It's a tricky question, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because Iceland wasn't there. I'm talking about the shop. Oh, Right. The shop definitely wasn't I'm kidding. There. I'm kidding. I'm not that classist. <laughs> Again, American listeners are going to be like, what the hell's Iceland? <laughs> yeah, what's Iceland? What, what's the country going to do with yeah. this? The country was there. It was just covered in more ice than it is now. Yeah. So, subscribe, like, make a suggestion for a future podcast, comment, do whatever you want. Something happy, future podcast. No, no voice, happy podcast. This isn't happiness. Okay. This is. I'm spreading this is despair. Despair and, and sadness. That is that is this podcast. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you next time.